Thanks for listening to the Calvary Baptist Church Podcast. For more information, check us out at cbctaylorville.com. Join us now as Pastor Steve delivers this week's message. So this morning, as we've already said several times, this is a little bit different. And uh, if you have your info cards today, your sermon notes, just hold on to those till next Sunday. (laughs) Um, This is unusual in the sense of, uh, as I got up and began to look over those, I thought that this isn't what we're going to talk about today. Um, The Lord is... The Lord had put a, a scripture on my heart a few days ago as I was doing some of my personal reading, and, and he just kind of brought it back to my memory today, and I want to share that with you, some thoughts. And so um, I, I, I pray the Lord's going to use this and encourage us as we go through this day and what we're going to face as we go on. I, this is not meant to, I, I found this in the yard out front of our church today. So one, if you're missing your glasses, I, I have them, but that's... <laughs> But it's kind of an interesting picture, isn't it, of just um, how, how things change and, and what it, just things that we have in our life, how they're different. And that's what we're going to experience today. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you've joined with us in this. Uh, if you have your Bibles today, I want you to follow me, if you would, to Matthew chapter number 8. Your Bibles, your electronic devices, Matthew chapter number 8. This... This passage is not new to, to many of you if you've been in church. It's definitely not new to me. But as I was reading through it the other day, I kind of gave it, uh, I, I, was, I journaled through this passage. And this is the title I gave my journaling page, Helpless Faith or Panicked Doubt. And I think as you read through this, you'll understand what I'm, I'm going to get to. Let me just read this story. It's a, it's a powerful story. And it's obviously the reason it caught my attention is it's about a storm <laughs> and uh not necessarily a tornado, but it was a storm, and it, it, that's what caught my attention. Chapter 8 and verse number 23, then he, that's Jesus, got into the boat and his disciples followed him, and suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and they woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? When he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed, and they asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. If if you were to look back at uh, previous verses in this chapter, I think this could very simply be a chapter about faith. Of course, Jesus mentions it to them about their little faith. If you back up a little bit earlier in this chapter, some of the things, there's a man that's healed of leprosy early in the chapter. But one that really grabbed my attention was there was a Roman centurion that came to Jesus who had a servant that was desperately ill and asked Jesus to heal him. And Jesus was going to actually go to him and the centurion said, no, you don't, you don't have to go. You, I know you have the authority that you can just tell it and it'll make it happen. And you don't even have to be there. He, this Roman recognized Jesus' power above, any, above most of the other people. And here was the response, verse number 10. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And Jesus turned and he said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Then he said to the centurion, He said, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. 
and his servant was healed at that moment. So it is a story, this, this chapter is a chapter about faith. It's about this, this centurion had this amazing faith that Jesus could do whatever he wanted, and he didn't even have, he could do it whenever, wherever, however he chose. Now that was a huge faith, and Jesus recognized that. So then when we get to this, this story of these guys who have been traveling with Jesus for, for days, months, however we're, far we're into the story at this point, they've seen him healed. They've seen the, the lepers healed. They've seen this centurion servant healed. They've seen all of these things already happening, and yet in the middle of this storm, they, they, they panic. And Jesus asked them a very simple question, where, where's your faith? What, what is it that has caused you to, to panic in, in this direction. So let me pull out some things that I learned from this passage. Some, that, some are kind of obvious. Some I hope will be a challenge and encouragement to us. The first one I think is the most obvious, and that is that no matter who you are, storms are going to come in our lives. Okay, that's just, that's just a given. In fact, if you read it again, it says, they got into his boat and his disciples followed him, and suddenly a furious storm came out up upon the lake. Suddenly is a big word. Suddenly means that you weren't expecting it. Suddenly means it's something that you wouldn't have anticipated. You wouldn't have expected. Okay, some of you will agree with me. Yesterday, I'm sitting in my office, 3.30. I get a notice on my phone that says tornado watch. I said, really? Come on, you guys, this is crazy. It's December 1st, the cloud, there's not a cloud in the sky as far as I could tell. Tornado watch, and I just kept on going. 4.30, TV and the sirens are going off and they're saying tornado warning and I'm still looking out going, they set those things off all the time. That's not going to be real. Anybody else follow me? Right? About 5.15, I was a believer while I'm sitting in our middle hallway and we're, we're play, right? You understand there was a difference because sometimes you don't anticipate, sometimes you don't expect, sometimes you would say it's not, you would just, you walk into it without any, without any pre-warning at all. Storms do that. Storms come in our life, struggles come, and maybe it could be health, it could be relationships, it could be finances. Sometimes you see them coming and you, those are just as bad, I get that, but sometimes they're just suddenly. Sometimes you're, as far as we can tell, the way this is written, and there's another passage, Mark chapter number 4, that tells the same story, a little different perspective of Mark's, but same story, and, and both of them kind of indicate that these guys were pretty much having a great time at, up to that point. They're kind of, they got, the Sea of Galilee was a beautiful place when it was calm, you know, and they're in the boat, they're settling, they're going from one side to the other, they're, there's, the, there's other, some of their other friends are in the boats, and this, this is just kind of a, a pleasure cruise until suddenly the storm hits, the furious squall, as it's called, depending on your version, comes, and it, it changes, changes everything. But here's what we got to remember, that means that sometimes storms are not it's not personal. It's, it's, not, it's something that's happening in your life because of we live in a sin-cursed world, because we live in, in, in storms are going to happen and storms are going to hit. Sometimes that's it. But here's the second thing that I notice. Sometimes storms come as a test. Sometimes those storms are actually there because we, all, we always know that when the storm comes, God wants to teach us something. But sometimes those storms are actually brought for that specific purpose. There's a lesson, there's something God is wanting, and possibly it could be because you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Let me show you what I, I mean. If you, if you keep looking at this story, look at verse 18, if you back up a little bit, 
when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross the other side of the lake. Here's something you don't want to miss. They got into the boat in chapter 23 and they took off. But chapter 18, he had already said, hey, let's go get in the boat. And they headed that direction. And so he had already given the command. And that's what Mark tells us. Mark just simply says, hey, guys, we need to go get in the boat and go across the lake. Well, Matthew tells us something happened in between that statement to say, hey, let's get across to the lake. And when they actually got in the boat and left, look what happens. The next verse says there was... Uh, some, then a teacher of the law came to him, verse 19, said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have in dens, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. So now, Jesus has already said, we're going to get in a boat and go across. And you've got a couple guys saying, all right, we want to follow you. And Jesus is trying to warn them, this may not be as easy as you think. There, there's some other things involved here. And it, you, you've got to be willing to give it all and maybe even against your own family. I mean, there's, there's other things involved with being a follower of Jesus Christ. And so what's the first thing that happens? All these disciples, his 12 plus Mark tells us there was other boats. All these followers of Jesus begin to follow him. And where does that lead them? right into the middle of a storm. Because Jesus told them to go across. Jesus, I guarantee you, Jesus knew that storm was coming. He's the only one in the boat that did. He's better than any weatherman that we've ever had, correct? Right? He knew what was going to happen. He knew going, getting across that, that water, there was a storm about to happen. So listen, guys, you follow me. This is right, this is what's in our path. This is what's going to happen, and it's going to test. Is this something that you really, you really want to do? Is this a test of do you really believe me? You say you want to follow me. You say you trust me. Do you really? Oh, you of little faith. Where is your faith? Why do you, why do you panic? And then you, what I find so interesting, and don't you, at the, the Bible says at the end of verse 24, but Jesus was sleeping. <laughs> wow. There's so many things in that picture, isn't there? One, it's a picture of absolute calm and control. Jesus isn't worried by anything. These storms don't bother him. These storms are not something he's going, oh, I didn't see that one coming, or I don't know what I can do to help in that situation. Jesus is com he's at complete calm. But here's the problem sometimes we get in storms like that. Sometimes we will translate Jesus or God's calmness and will mistake that for he doesn't really care. Because it looks like if God's not ch actively trying to change that storm, then he doesn't really care that I'm in the middle of that storm. Look what, as you keep reading, and, and I'll, I'll mention Jesus then comments on our faith. This is where this story kind of grabbed my attention. That there's a difference between helpless faith and panic doubt. And, and the difference is what, what happens is these guys cry out and they said, Lord, save us. Now, here's what I believe. If they had stopped right there, I don't think Jesus would have made the second comment. If they had stopped, because do you understand that whenever we realize that we can't do anything, and we realize we are powerless to not only stop this storm, but we, if something doesn't intervene, we're in trouble. And we realize and we fall on our knees and we say, God, save us. That's exactly where he wants us to be. 
He wants us to be dependent on him. So we can either have this helpless faith where we say, God, I can't do this. And unless you intervene, I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. We fall on our knees before. That's what we do at salvation. It, I, the songs couldn't have been more perfect today, Paul. And I know you planned them for Christmas. We were, this was nowhere we were going. But Lord, you, you came and you rescued me. I called. You answered. Folks, that's where God wants us to be. In the middle of a storm, in the middle of a real storm, as in last night, in the middle of a life storm, when we finally realize, God, I can't, we stopped saying, I can do this. And we, here, here's the problem. We want to be in control. And when it's out of our control, then, then, then it's the reaction that we have to do. When it completely gets out of our control, if we just simply say, God, help me. And on our knees, we cry out, God's saying, that's exactly where I want you to be. If, if, there's no, if you don't learn anything else, folks, re remember, when you get to a storm, I'm still there. So cry out to me. But they didn't stop there. They said, Lord, help us. We're going to drown. Oh, gone it. You were doing so good. You were crying out to God, and then you threw in this little, your own commentary of, but God, I don't think you really care because we're going to drown. Or God, I don't think you can do anything because we're about to. Jesus, we're drowning. Do you see it? As if he's not watching? As if he doesn't care? As if he can't do anything? Oh, God, help us because we're going to drown. No, you're not going to drown. You got the Son of God in your boat. You're okay. You see, there's a fine line sometimes between that helpless faith and panicked doubt. And I find myself crossing that line just a way too often. I'll cry out, and then I want to have control again. And then if I, if I don't see it happening the way I think it should happen, then I start doubting, and God, do you really care? And we have to understand we can never mistake God's calmness for a lack of love on his part. He cares about you. He's in your boat. You're his follower. He loves you. He's, he's, he's the shepherd that is crying, that is calling out for you. It's, it's about, yes, it's out of control. Yes, I'm afraid. Yes, God, I need your help. Fantastic. But then just trust that, God, you're, you're going to do something. You're going to do something about this. It, it's prayer. It's not, it's not panic. In, in fact, verse 38 of chapter 4 of Mark, the disciples actually asked in the same stories, don't you care that we drown? Okay, we would never say that to God, would we? But we do. We, God, I, this, this is a mess. Where are you? What have you done? Don't you care that this hurts? Don't you care that we're in this storm? Jesus comments on their faith, and it, it wasn't, wasn't so much that they, crying out to him would have been fine, but their faith was, I don't think you really care, God. I don't think, so you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? So my, my challenge today, I guess, for us going through a storm, whatever that storm may be in your life, whatever you're facing this week, is we can have helpless faith. And that's what God's crying us out, calling us to is to fall on our knees and say, God, I need you. God, I, I, I can't save myself, so I need you. God, I, I can't deliver myself. God, I need you. That's helpless faith, and that's the humility that God responds to. But don't let our helpless faith bleed over into a panicked doubt where we suddenly think, and God, if it doesn't change tomorrow, then you really don't care. 
or if God, it doesn't get better this week, then it's just, it, then where are you? Why are you not listening? Because we, we are not only not in control of the waves, we're not in control of how fast those calm, the waves calm or whether God even calms the waves. What if he doesn't, what if his plan is not to stop the storm but just to calm us as we're going through the storm? What, what is it? It's about trusting him and rather than, yes, God, I need you and stay right there. God, I need you. I can't do this without you. But don't let us drift into and God, it's, it's not working. God, you're not trying. God, you're not doing anything. God, why won't you answer my prayer? God, that's where we, we move to, and suddenly we've gone from helpless faith to panicked doubt. And Jesus is saying, where's your faith? Why are you so afraid? I'm the son of God. I created these waves. Last night, we were up here cleaning up some of the church stuff, and it was dark. And I just happened to look up, and since it was so dark, the stars were probably as brighter, brighter than I've seen them. Doesn't that tell you something? That the God who made those stars is still the God that's in control of my life. And I may be in a dark place, but if I look up just a little bit, I know he's still there. He's still got every, he's got every one of those stars named. He knows me. So when in the middle of a storm, we can look up and realize God is still in charge. He's in control. So my question then, the last thought I have is, is a form of a question. So what do we do after the storm? If, if you were to keep on reading in this story, it, it tells us, and I don't have the scriptures up there, but Jesus calmed the storm. The storm stopped. They got to the other side. First thing he does, he, he meets two guys that need help, and what does Jesus do? He heals them. He helps them he, life just continues on. He continues to serve. He continues to do something. Here, here's what, and that's, this is the challenge. That's my challenge for us as believers to let our, our helpless faith stay there and not drift into panic doubt. But now, as a body of believers, going through or finishing up a major storm literally around us, what can we do? And I do think that, that this allows up an, us an opportunity to do something for God, and that's what I hope what many of us are able to do today. Last night, as we were here, and I don't know all the phenomenon about it, I'm not, it wasn't mystical, but it was quite, in my, my opinion, quite apparent that if you were to drive down this road and you come, this neighborhood was dark. Most people in this neighborhood had no electricity. You go behind, there's power lines laying back there. This, there's generators going around. But this building was still shining, just like it is right now. Now, I'm not saying that, I, I don't know. But it was starkly, Chris and I commented, it was stark difference that there was a light shining. And we got the same electricity everybody else does around here that I know of. I don't, unless God just planted a generator that I don't know about here, there's, here's what I know church that that was something that worked and there may have been other lights on i'm not saying i i'm not this wasn't some grand miracle is my but it was to me a picture of matthew chapter number five where jesus said you're the light of the world a town built on a hill cannot be hidden or a church with light in the middle of a town with no lights can't be hidden we stood out and our sign was still flashing it still said come tomorrow to church <laughs> seriously 
I, that was the first thing I noticed. I'm driving down the street. Every light that there's a stoplight, if you saw it in the corner, just blown. I mean, it, O'Reilly's sign, part of it's stuck in our wall out front. I mean, this place was, and there's our sign going, services tomorrow, 845. You are a light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, Calvary Baptist Church, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We always have an opportunity. Every day we leave here, we leave as a light going into a dark community. But today we have a very visible opportunity to be a light in a very practical, specific way. And it won't be just today. It may be some people that you're going to meet this week. From what I understand, down south, there's about 100 houses that are gone. There may be some people you're just going to love on and you're going to help. Maybe a cup of cold water, as the Bible refers to. Maybe today we're going to find a house with some limbs that we can help get off of their car. Who knows what we can do. Maybe it's just giving a cup of cold water, a cup of coffee. All, whatever it is, God's going to give us some opportunities here practically. And I hope that we can take those as a church. I hope that you will. But understand, it, it's not just because we had a tornado. That's our verse every Sunday, that we leave here as a light in a dark world. And I want to challenge you, church, let's do what we can to share that light with the world that needs Jesus Christ. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and glorify our Father who is in heaven.